0: So in this episode of the Leadersmith podcast, we're going to be talking about what happens at the pump. I know it sounds like a strange topic for a leadership podcast, but I'm going to demystify what goes on at the gas station. Stay tuned. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants. One management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Smith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gerdes. Okay, so in this episode, I told you I was going to help you see and understand what happens when you go to the gas station. So, Uh, If you've been paying attention, you're seeing gas prices rise, and uh, so I'm going to explain both what's going on at the gas station as well as what's going on with oil production so that you kind of understand why why the gas station works like the gas station works now i was inspired by an article i I read uh, a little while ago this was um about a week ago it was uh, by a guy named zachary crockett uh, in the hustle it's called why most gas stations don't make money from selling gas so i'm going to kind of skim over uh, read parts of it and go through that and then give some commentary as well as give some sense of what's going on with historic oil prices so that you understand it. Okay. So again, the article is posted below, by the way, before I get started, uh, if you can't get to the show notes or uh, if you, this is on YouTube, it's on audio. Um, and if you want to contact me, uh, I am, a uh, on facebook and easy to find go to facebook groups learn leadership and join me there ask questions uh, interact with the community and, and we'll get started and have a conversation there okay let's talk about what's going on at the pump so he starts out by talking about gas prices are climbing and you think that gas station owners are getting greedy. It doesn't really work that way. Gas station owners aren't like, ha ha, how can I squeeze another nine tenths of a cent out of this person? It It's not like that. We think it's like that, but that's because we don't understand what's really going on. Okay, so he gives some uh, examples of what's going on. He says over the past 20 years, the total number of miles that we drive has gone up by 20%. Okay, so supply and demand is going to come into effect here so that's part of part of the equation. SUV sales have doubled and now outnumber cars. Now that's really interesting that SUVs are so common on the road. Now they've essentially replaced uh station wagons as have minivans, but SUVs are pretty much everywhere. The average household expenditure on gas has risen to $250 per month and when you think about that that's that's pretty big dent. Okay. So, so we're pretty dependent on this. Okay. So in 2020, he talks about gas stations in the United States sold 123 billion gallons of fuel. And then he talks about like how many swimming pools that that's irrelevant. That's a lot of gas. Okay. Average gas prices are at a six year high. OK, and there's a reason for that. Now, what what might the reasons be? Well, blame it on Biden. OK, yeah, but not exactly. It's not just that. There are things that come into play with the gas, price of gas being high. Um, so let's talk about the, the, the price of gas first before we go through the rest of the article and, and how the gas station actually works and makes its money so a number of things will have an impact the first is supply and demand so we have supply we have demand and at that cross that's where the, where it is and if one curve shifts one way or the other then we're going to see a change okay let's just take this basically what happened recently in supply and demand in the united states and here you can blame biden go ahead and say i blame biden it's it's all right um What actually has happened is that we have in both the Trump and Biden administration sent out lots of extra money that people didn't have before. And now they feel a bit richer. They did that with the CARES Act and the other two, those acts that were intended to bolster people during the pandemic. Okay, so now people have thousands of dollars more money than they had before some spent it on rent and utilities and things along those lines, other people just have more money. And so now you have more money chasing fewer items or so for example, for me, um, I feel it at the grocery store. But here's where I really feel it. We're about to get a new minivan because my minivans well one of my minivans uh time has come the it's it's not worth it's, it's not worth it to fix it at this point it's it's just i i really i i love the van and it's done us great service uh but it's it, it's got some issues so we're looking to replace it now a year ago if we were looking to replace it, it would have been different. Uh, probably cost six, maybe $7,000 for a used minivan of about 10 years old, something like that, uh, with 100,000, give or take, okay? So that's what it would cost. Right now, because you have all this extra money that people are newly rich with that they don't know what to do with, it. It among other factors, chase the price up so now that same minivan is going to cost 12 or 13 i can't actually can't get one for 13 i'm trying to to stay in that range and i'm really surprised by that but i'm not i mean it it kind of i'm like wow i'm gonna have to adjust my settings but i understand the process and that's really what we're trying to get to with this whole discussion to understand the process so they're part now with the minivan, there's a little bit more to it. There's a lack of workers working and the lack of work. I read yesterday, just yesterday, 10 million jobs in the United States are not being filled. So you I drive down the street and I see help wanted, help wanted, help wanted, help wanted. And as I'm looking at these help wanted signs, I'm really just baffled. Like, OK, there's help wanted everywhere. Um, my my local Wendy's has an advertisement up this a twelve dollars an hour. Um, wow i mean okay so what's that going to do to the price of that hamburger later on so they, if they look if they can't get the employees they can't stay in business so they have to get employees but now the price of everything on the menu is going to start to shift upwards because the employees cost more the inputs cost more so the output is going to cost more okay so let's go back to the price of oil so if you look at the price of oil, a standard oil chart, um, you can you can find these uh, just you know price of oil and look at images. Um, but I'm going to look at one here that it goes 1861 up to 2014, Then I'm going to look at an, another one that goes th- through into t- 2020. Okay. So the price of oil, if you look at the nominal price of oil, how much you paid like a dollar, it stays relatively flat from about 18. Well, there's a little spike in the 1860s, and this is the height of the Industrial Revolution, and you're getting into the Civil War. Um, And then in the late 1860s, all the way into the 1960s, it stays pretty low. I mean, it stays like in the 1960s, it didn't top $3 a barrel. Now, that's hard to imagine $3 a barrel oil. So it's not until the 1970s that we see something radically different happen. So let's go back, 1861. If you look at real dollar prices, cons- consistent dollar prices, you see some shocks from the 1860s to the 1880s, something like that, and then it stays under under 40, probably under 35, um, somewhere between 15 and 35 in real dollars, consistent dollars. But it still stays pretty low, okay. Then we get to the 1970s and what happens? Well, this is where we get to um, the Arab-Israeli wars and the, the Arab nations decide to punish Israel's allies with the weapon of oil. And so you see a jump from $3 a barrel to $40 a barrel in nominal dollars. That's actual like how much you're paying. But in real dollars, that went up to like over 100. I mean, that's what it actually purchasing power. That's what it actually cost you. And then it subsides by the mid 80s. And it stays down in a reasonable range again. And then you see a huge spike again when 9-11, 9-11, so you see 9-11, it spikes up, and then you see it spike again after the recession, uh, and but then it falls, and it falls dramatically in 2014, and this is a really interesting thing to to watch or to, to look at the chart and be like, well, what's going on? 2014, it starts to fall. Well, so you have other things coming on. Standard, or there's more US production and other factors. Um, in fact, the US production, sp- went way up during the Trump administration. But before the Trump administration, you see something really interesting. Um, Saudi Arabia is part of OPEC. And remember when it spiked, OPEC started, right? The oil producing nations. And so Saudi Arabia is uh, is looking around the world and thinking, hmm, Russia's producing. Um, OPEC is, uh, like Russia is like one of the world's leading Oil producers. If you didn't know that, they are. And most of us think of Saudi Arabia, maybe Venezuela, but we're fracking in the United States. We're starting to get that movement starting to perfect that. And Saudi Arabia dropped production. Now, when you drop production, or I'm sorry, increase production. And when you increase production, it drops the price and when you drop the price that oil flows out cheaper so it's not as profitable in some places and when they did that they did that intentionally understanding that they were going to put a hurt into u.s fracking because it fracking is really not profitable until a certain level and then they dropped it below that level and it also as a benefit hurt isis who they don't really like isis i mean we think of the middle east as monolithic they're just you know, all Muslim, Arab, whatever, they see huge distinctions between the type of Muslim, Sunni or Shia, or even within Sunni, what type of Muslim they are, or whether they're Arab or Persian or something else. At any rate, so Saudi Arabia was using this as a weapon, and you see this huge Huge drop in uh, in 2014 as a consequence okay and then you see another huge drop in 2020 you know what happened there was really fascinating so the price of oil there was such a glut and this is because of covid nobody's flying nobody uh, the ships aren't sailing um uh, people aren't driving uh not nearly like they were before and so they have overproduction and you actually see The price of oil dropped through the floor, like not even to zero. It went to negative 38 or something like that. It's amazing because oil is traded on future contracts. Okay. So what we learned from all that is that oil is based on, uh, you know, predicting what's going on in the future. And in fact, what's what we find fascinating about that drop of oil was that 2020 thing. um, The U S energy information service predicted that it would just be a standard flat thing going on from 2020. They couldn't see COVID coming and couldn't predict that this is what was going to happen. Um, And, but, covid came and when covid came things changed okay so we know that the price of oil is based on a number of factors supply and demand is the big one but you could have wars influence it as you did with iraq both times you'd see variations you could have uh national you know big crises like 9 11 or uh the 2008 crash in fact just before 2008 you know, everything was starting to inflate, right? So, uh, not just real estate, but other things. And the price of oil went up and with the crash, it went way down. Okay. So that's the price of oil and how that works. How does it work at the gas pump? Okay. So the business model of the gas station isn't what you think it is. They're not like trying to sell the most gas. Where are gas stations located? They, they really, they're, they're really choosy about their real estate. Okay, they try to find you know, major intersections just off a highway, a uh, very populated area in town. And then you'll see like three of them clustered on the same intersection. Like, wouldn't you want to be away from everybody else? Nope, you want to be there. You don't want to be out in the sticks away from everybody else because what you really want is um, just like Walmart they want the rotation. They want people coming through, but it, they don't want people coming through just for the gas. And that's the really funny counterintuitive thing. The business model of the gas station, it just, it doesn't make sense until you think about it. Okay. So gas stations on gas, they barely make any money. I mean, they have such small margins. It, it's it's almost laughable. Um, and so that, that right there is the first thing. Um, so they have to have customers come in and they make a few cents on each transaction. Uh, it's not a lot. And even when the price of oil is going up or the the price of the pump is going up, the price of at the pump is going up in tandem with the price of oil. They don't really have control over that. And they don't wanna to go too far because that could become a problem. In reality, most of them are individual operators or they're franchisees. It's I mean it's it's one or the other. They're I mean, this is not like it's it's usually not Shell Corporation or Exxon Corporation. They got out of that business because the big companies realized this is a really crappy business to be in. It it just doesn't work very well. So they got out and it's franchisees and independent operators. Um now net margins. Now, what the net, if you're not familiar with that term? Net margin means what you make after it's all said and done. Okay, mm-hmm. so for gas stations, it's incredibly low. Um, it's 1.4 percent, which means like <laughs> you're you're getting a penny maybe two on a dollar. That's that's not a lot. Now, the average across all industries okay is about seven seven percent, eight percent something in that neighborhood. that's across all industries and so we we look at big business like oh big, greedy big business, how bad you're just gouging and pillaging no they're they're generally not. They're generally making buy on just not a lot of margin. in fact, Walmart, I saw a um uh, something the other day on on Walmart and how much they make and margin uh, this was a, a charter statistic um where it was like it was 3.2 percent or something like that walmart makes very little margin on everything they sell but they sell a lot of it and so they they don't they only make let's say three cents on the dollar with you know every trip that you take to walmart you spend a hundred dollars well they're only making three bucks but you're back tomorrow Spending another fifty dollars, and you're back two days later. Spending another hundred dollars, and right, so they're they're making their money in rotation, or or velocity, I guess is, is a better way of saying it. Um, so grocery stores make terrible profits. Um, and and if you understand that they make even worse profits than grocery stores, you you almost feel bad for the gas station for selling gas. Now they're dependent on somebody bringing them gas that they sell. It's not like they're making the gas in the back room somewhere. So it's the pipeline, it's the process, it's the refinery, it's all that that's going into this. And so by the time that you are paying for your $3 and change gas, um, so here, he gives a breakdown in the article and I thought it was really well done. So let's say that your local gas station is charging you $3.18. Okay, here's where the money goes. So the first 51% of that, $1.63 out of that 318 is going just to crude oil prices, okay? And so as that fluctuates up and down, that's gonna have an impact at the gas station. That's how that works largely. Now, refining is gonna be another 55 cents, Okay. That's going to be another 17%. Taxes are another 17%, give or take. I mean, it depends on what state you live in. If you live in Massachusetts or New Jersey, it might be different than somewhere else, but taxes are going to be another 55%. Transport. Now think about transport. Transport is going to be another 8%. You got to get it there in, in trucks, right? You've seen the fuel trucks come there. Now, There are fewer fuel trucks running because it's harder to get people to actually work because certain industries have been hit harder. And it costs more to run the fuel tanks. That's probably up a little bit. And then you finally get to a markup of, let's say, 7%. 7% on $3.18 per gallon is going to be only 20 cents. Now, if you get that 20 cents, now you get to start to pay your overhead of running the the gas station, paying your employees, uh, paying your real estate taxes and and everything else that you have to do to keep yourself in business. So gas stations get that, mm, I don't know how much, 20 cents on that. And maybe they're going to get five cents when it's all said and done. That's actual profit. So it's really not a lot that they're going to profit. So stop thinking of gas stations, just like we need to stop thinking about corporations that are these greedy, uh, these corporations that are just making so much stop (laughs) i mean they're making very little off a lot of service okay so same thing with the gas stations now how do gas stations make money um well before we answer that let's talk about this why don't they raise their prices i mean why don't they just go well you know it's 318 i'd get more if i went to 335 if they do that, what are your alternatives? I mean, <laughs> you can go. Uh, you like we said, there's on the major intersection. There's going to be three gas stations on a corner, <laughs> and so if one's three thirty-five, well, the other ones are going to get all the like we're price ins- insensitive. We we go wherever the price is cheapest for gas because gas is gas. I mean, it's a commodity. It doesn't taste any different or smell any different. It doesn't run any better if it comes from Sunoco as opposed to ExxonMobil. So we go, we're we're price sensitive. Okay. Um, And so we, you know, look for the lowest price of gas. So they can't just raise the price like that. Um, If you think about it, a typical gas station in gas is only going to make a couple hundred dollars in a given day. That's nothing. Now compare that with how much they make to, uh, they, they can make a couple hundred dollars in a month of just a coin operated like uh, machines on the sides, like the air machine or the vacuum machine. They, they can make it just from having those sitting out there on their property. So they can't raise their prices. So where do they make their money? Like local competition checks them. They, they can't do it. So you think that they love when gas prices go up they don't they actually hate it um if if that happens uh they they hate it now when gas prices go down do they like that yes but they have to be very careful because if they drop prices too quickly they can spark a uh, some kind of price war and the reason that that happens is because the other gas stations know that if if we if somebody else drops too much, we gotta drop too because we gotta get them in. But why do they have to get them in, even when they're making so little money, or even when they're losing that money on that? Well, because gas stations are convenience stores, and that is really their business model. The selling gas is only a ploy to get you there to the convenience store where we can charge very high margins for other things. Now, notice I didn't say a grocery store. Grocery stores have terrible mo- uh, margins. The grocery stores are—they're—they're bar- they're like gas stations. They're—they're they're just barely better than gas stations in their margins. But convenience stores, oh, that's where the money is, right? Some convenience stores have a tremendous gross items because they're convenience stores. Because you're paying for the convenience, so it could be fifty percent or more in profit. If you go and buy a candy bar at Walmart. It's going to be a very different experience than if you buy a candy bar at the local convenience store or gas station. The candy bar at the convenience store may have a markup of 51% or more. Okay, Bottled drinks at 44%, salty snacks at 39%, um, milk at 31%. So it's going to be much higher. So the idea is have people stop to get gas and go in, pay for their gas, and while they're paying for their gas, eh, maybe I'm hungry. Maybe I'll get one of those hot dogs that are perpetually running on the on the grill, or maybe I'll get a Slurpee or uh, a bag of chips or whatever. Okay, so that's what they're hoping that you're going to do. The trick is that now most people have credit cards and most people use the credit card at the pump. Hopefully you have a nice bath station, uh, bathroom and in the gas station, we know that your bathrooms are kept clean. And so we're like, yeah, I got to go to the bathroom. That's an incentive. They, they want to have clean bathrooms, believe it or not, because if they can drag you into the bathroom, you're likely to buy on the way out. Convenience stores, unfortunately, are also crime magnets and are very prone to being robbed. So that becomes a problem. Um, Other trends are things like natural gas getting cheaper and electric vehicles, and so some are equipping themselves with the electric vehicle charging station, but there's only 1% of the population that uses an electric vehicle, and that costs $100,000 to put in the electric vehicle charging station, so it's a really tough thing. Uh, another negative factor for them is you gotta, I mean, you gotta pay for prime real estate if you want to run a gas station. I mean, if you're out in the sticks in the middle of nowhere, uh, assuming that you're the only game in town that may work, right? But if you're, if you're just on in a bad, you know, bad location, just off somewhere in the middle of nowhere, but there's lots of others in town, you're, you're not going to get a lot of revenue. So you have to pay for prime real estate and real estate costs. So it there are a lot of factors that go into what's going on here with why you're paying, what you're paying at the pump. Um, just a couple last things when we think about how the model operates. And again, the model is come and get gas and then hopefully you'll come in and go buy something in the convenience store, uh, at a greatly inflated markup. Again, bathrooms are a big draw. And if you can go, if you can get somebody to go in because they go to the bathroom, about 20 22 percent something like that are going to make a purchase so you want them to come in and use that uh, and then the last thing and this is just a fun fact what is going on with the why is it 318 and nine tenths well this is this goes back to Congress as all things that make little sense do so nine tenths uh, about a century ago he says uh when gas was at 15 cents a gallon isn't that amazing 15 cents a gallon can you even wrap your mind around paying 15 cent a gallon gas about a century ago when gas was 15 cents a gallon the government levied a task of a fraction of a cent so that tax was nine tenths so now it's irrelevant today but gas station owners have kept it around because it makes prices look slightly better okay so nine tenths whatever i mean i don't i don't know how they even measure that but That's where that came from. Okay, so what does all of that have to do with leadership? Well, it's exactly this. And while it's about gas station and how that works, you have to understand as a leader how the world works, why things work the way they do, and um, in order to be as effective as possible. And just knowing how the business model works helps you see things that you wouldn't even relate to this. Like you're gonna think about what we talked about here when you go to Walgreens and think about the markup there and why Walgreens are on most, on, on more, there are more Walgreens on, on corners that are convenient to other places as opposed to where the shopping center is. And then you're gonna start seeing the dynamics because And here's our quotation for contemplation for today. The more you know, the more you see. That's from Aldous Huxley. I don't normally quote him, but that's a good quote. The more you know, the more that you see. And if you start to see this here, you'll start to see and transfer it elsewhere. And as Steve Jobs was talking about, look, all you're doing is making comparisons between this and that all over the place. And that's how you create new knowledge, okay? So I'm trying to help you be a more effective leader by understanding the world more clearly. So I hope that helps you demystify what's going on at the pump, how oil production works, how the gas stations uh, price, you know, the, the gas at the pump. And I hope it helps you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. Hey, listen, if you like this episode, let me know. Join my Facebook group. It's uh, Facebook Groups and Learn Leadership. And, and let me know. Sound off. Tell me what you'd like to hear about.